Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also want to mention, in the coming days, we will have a new way to get to us. Off the Floor is moving to Discord. The Windows service has been discontinued. That was beyond our control. Discord is going to have a lot of different options for you, so make sure you check that out. We'll be promoting it here and on the Five Reasons Twitter handle. And now, today's episode. Down the Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Alex Toledo, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And now we start with one of our new segments. And now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. All right, one choice for the Miami Heat tonight, even though they lost 115 to 109 to Milwaukee Bucks, dropping to one and three on the season. But it's Tyler Hero, 12 of 20 from the field, 41 minutes, 33 points, eight rebounds. Three assists, there was a sequence where he had a couple of turnovers in a row, and I know people are going to point to that old stat that I used to push out, that when Tyler scores a lot, they lose. But them losing tonight was not his fault. So let's make that very clear from the beginning. He kept them in it, and, well, he got them back in it, actually, is what he did, because he was out there with a bench unit at the end of the game, which Eric Spolster rode to the finish, which is something we know that Eric will do when there's a second unit that's playing well. He did not bring his starters back in. We will get back to why in a second and specifically who did not come in because I think that part is most interesting. But basically, Tyler playing with Josh Richardson, Orlando Robinson, Nikola Jovic, and Duncan Robinson cut this thing all the way down to six uh, at the end of the game when it had been in the 20s. So Tyler deserves a lot of credit for that. Again, we've talked about his inefficiency at the start of the season. 12 of 20 is not inefficient. So he played... Uh, at a much higher level tonight, actually 12 of 21 is what he finished, but still 35 points, uh, eight rebounds, and three assists. I just did not uh, refresh at the very end. Um, Brady, what did you like best about Tyler's performance tonight? Yeah, well, I guess other than that that stretch that you mentioned with the, the two quick turnovers, like everything was under control to me, just everything in the pick and rolls. Like after a game where it was like just an absolute mess in general against Minnesota, he just came out and just found his spots, which he does very well against Milwaukee, which he does very well against Drop. But he basically, I I, I want to go back and look at, I think at least half of his shots were floaters, probably more than half of his shots were floaters. Like he just kept getting to it. And it was like, okay, if I, if it's going to be there and you're not going to adjust, I'm just going to keep getting to it. And then he got to the line 10 times and probably half of those were 
the defense reacting to his floater was them overplaying and being on his back and running into him and him getting into those shots. So I just thought his overall control there was huge. And he just, you mentioned him being the only starter out there late. Like he was the only one that felt like he was within the offense. Like he was the one, the only one that felt like he was involved in the offense. And that's not because he had the ball in his hands most. That would just felt like an overall thing. He had some overall cuts with that backup kind of late lineup that he got to. And all that stuff was just, necessary because Jovic had the ball in his hands more. Uh, but I thought it was a really good game from Tyler. I thought it was good for him personally <laughs> against this team in that building, against this player. But obviously it doesn't matter when you're not able to win. But it really was, until that point, it was Tyler and looking around for who else. Like, who else is going to help him at this point? He just needed somebody else. Or maybe not shooting, or I, I know the, the numbers got a little adjusted because of the late run. They ended up getting up to 38% from three, which was not the case most of the game. Uh, it was mid-20s, I think, probably later in the third quarter. So, like, if you don't have the shooting and you don't have a secondary wingman, like, I don't want to ever hear, especially on a night like tonight, that the Tyler Hero scoring 35 and a loss thing. It's just pointless. Because if Tyler Hero doesn't do a lot of that, they're getting blown out by 50. Because that's how bad the offensive lo- offense looked when it wasn't being involved through Tyler Hero. You're muted. All right, so we talked. We, I know. Well, you, I think you muted me. Uh, but well, you know, I, I wanted to protect the show from an echo. You know? Well, I, I understand that. Um, <laughs> you mentioned uh, that he looked like he was out there alone. So let's at least establish something. Again, we're getting used to this new format, and this is the, the first time that I've done this. Uh, who was not out there with him? Because there were two people not out there with him today who are key players for the Heat. Uh, one is Bam Adebayo, who was absent with a hip injury. We'll wait, get more wait, into that. In the, we'll get more into that with the Eric Rubenstein injury okay. report later, but I have to mention it here. And the second player who was not out there tonight was Jimmy Butler, even though he played. Um, Alex, what's going on with Jimmy? Because oh. now, now we're four games into the season. He missed the preseason uh, with the dental issue. He was okay, I thought, in the opener. Not super impactful, but certainly good enough against Detroit. Then against Boston, he coasted in a place that he typically does not coast, even in the regular season. Doesn't play in Minnesota, which has become a a ritual thing on the second night of a back-to-back for him. And then tonight, 29 minutes, 4 of 11, 1 of 2 from 3. He made 1 from the corner. uh, 4 rebounds. Four assists, 13 points, no fouls, didn't come back in in the fourth, didn't make a defensive play that I can really remember, which is odd for him. Concern is too strong a word. We know Jimmy doesn't take the regular season as seriously as he takes the playoffs. It's early in the year. But if I thought he was going to get up for two games, it would be in Boston and in Milwaukee. And Milwaukee stars, and it's crazy, we've gotten, what, seven minutes into this episode and not mentioned Dame Lillard, which was the whole point of this whole thing tonight. But, I mean, Dame had 25 on 7 of 14 shooting, five rebounds, four assists, two of seven from three. He was good. He wasn't great. Uh, Giannis had 33 and seven. Not the usual defenders who would be on Giannis, particularly with Bam out tonight. We'll touch on that more as we go forward. But I, I, we got to go to Jimmy because, I mean, they, they can't win. I mean, like I said, I mean, the Tyler Tyler had 35, Duncan Robinson had 15, and Jimmy had 13. Yep. He was outscored by Drew Smith at points of the game the other night. Like, what what's going on here? It's hard to it's hard to give one reason for this, really. Like, it's just – it's hard to not go back to 
you know, he doesn't take the regular season very seriously. And it feels like as time goes on, we're seeing it more and more. Because like you said, we've seen him come out and show out for, you know, big matchups like this in the regular season before. And not necessarily to like playoff Jimmy level, but where, where he's playing a high impact game and you notice him out there. And I think that's exactly it is that you're not really noticing him out there right now. Just uh, between this game, the Celtics game, I, I like it's it's disheartening. It's not that I'm concerned or anything like that. It's just kind of disheartening after the way the summer played out. It's disheartening for us who are trying to keep, you know, the fans entertained. And Jimmy is out there just kind of going through the motions to start the season. I completely understand why. And I was defending his strategy on playback tonight, by the way, playback.tv slash 5RSN. It got real animated in there. And that comeback was real fun to watch with everybody. But um, as far as Jimmy goes, like it's, they need more from him in that. And therein lies the problem because he is not trying to play at that level. I think he's very much just trying to get through it. And it's not an excuse because he needs to he needs to be better for them to even get to the playoffs, right? Like he can't be playing at the level that he's playing at right now and 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 expect for them to be in the playoffs. Like even though they made it as a seventh seed last year, that last stretch of the season, he really turned it up. And that's saying something for a guy who usually doesn't until like right towards the end. He turned it up a little bit earlier last season. And now we're right back towards the beginning of that that famous Jimmy calendar that we've been seeing going around online for for years. Like he's at that point where it's just very not impressive, except it's it's at a lower level than what we've seen in the past. And it's not again. I'm not concerned. I, I they, they need him to be they need him to be better. It's just as simple as that. Because Tyler gave you more than enough tonight, like from a from a scoring perspective. And I think anybody could have seen that coming when it comes to. You know, the matchup that he's getting, the fact that he's playing against Lillard, Lillard and Beasley, like, he, he loves playing against the Bucks, And, you know, their defense got worse. I, I think we all kind of expected a big night from Tyler. But, like, they didn't have enough from their starters. And then they had this – it wasn't even really their bench unit because they're so depleted right now. It, it's like, like a C-plus unit is, is how I was calling it because, you know, they had Tyler out there. They had Orlando Robinson out there. They had Duncan out there. At one point it was Hakez, Then it was Jovic. Just very weird stuff going on, and that lineup, you know, brought him back in the game against most of the Bucks starters. Like it's, it was such a weird game, and then Spo didn't bring him back in. It wasn't all Tyler. Tyler was easily the best player for them tonight. I thought that unit as a whole played well to bring it to bring them back from like whatever it was down twenty five to uh, to as close as six points. So, shout out Tyler. Shout out everybody else for doing their thing. They, Jimmy let them down. Like it's just no other way to put it. Well, that's now the second game that we've been able to say that or didn't really want to say that, but have to say that. And, uh, you know, we talk about the other guys that are out right now, and that's leading to some of this inconsistency, obviously, when you don't have top wing defenders like Haywood, like Caleb. Uh, Josh came back tonight. We'll get into his performance a little bit more, I think, in the injury report segment because he did return from injury. But my thing is this, okay? I'm not going to read too much into the vibe type stuff right now. Like I know we were on playback and fans are like, Jimmy's unhappy because they didn't add Dame. I don't think that's what this is. Okay. I don't, but I do think there is a real risk here of waiting too long to turn it up. I'm not saying game four is the place, but I do not think that this can be a sometime around the all-star break type thing with this type of team. There's a certain fragility to this group because there are some new parts that are trying to find their roles. And also because there is some disappointment for what not did not happen in the off season, which again, we saw on the other side today, 
And if you have Jimmy kind of coasting in a lot of these games, not being impactful, players are going to take their cues from that. And you don't have Bam. Tyler has been up and down until tonight. Again, was better against Boston and Milwaukee, the two premium teams that they've played so far. Tyler was better in those two games than Jimmy was. And there is this also, there's this transition also to Tyler getting this very high usage, a ton of shots. And it does seem like Spoh's trying to stagger them in terms of bringing, not playing them too much together. We've talked about how their connection, it does not seem to be ideal. These are all like minor concern points for me right now that are st- could start to add up to something more significant if we're still seeing this in the 10th, 15th, 20th game, Brady. That That's, you know, I... You can really make a case like Jimmy was a big reason they were not competitive tonight for the first three quarters because there is so much that he's asked to do. And he's just he's kind of doing it on like a very monotone sort of level right now. It's not enough. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you the question because we always use the word coasting, but I don't Mm -hmm. even know if that's the right word with him right now. And I was like trying to figure out like what the right word is to even describe what we were seeing because you're right. It was like it kind of got them out of what they wanted to get to. And I'm not even saying that in a way that he's messing up their their offense in any way. And it's also because when he was out and they played in Minnesota, it was just as bad, but you see like how the smoothest, the offensive has looked in probably three games was when that lineup was in and they were just moving around and running around and playing fast. And Jovic is getting down the floor with 23 seconds left on the shot clock. It felt and Duncan sprinting off of handoffs. Uh, like, I don't know, they, the offense just seems too stagnant, and maybe that's to your point of the, the Jimmy Hero kind of playing off each other in that way. But then you kind of see when Tyler is the only one really attacking and finding his spots and Jimmy is kind of floating. Maybe, you're try- maybe you try to look to, like, try to stagger J- uh, Tyler and Bam a little bit more instead of Tyler and Jimmy because he's a guy that obviously uh, is going to rely on a lot of the role players. And I think you're seeing like, even there was so many attacks from Jimmy specifically like in that third quarter, he would like get to his spot and then like jump in the air and do that thing where he passes out to the corner or the wing. And it was like, okay, like this, we know what game this is going to be. And even when he'd have like, there was moments where he'd drive and he'd, I'm like, okay, he's going to get to a spot here. He would like do the thing where he tries to draw a foul and like jump into somebody when I'm like, I don't think you really needed to do that at that point. Like, I don't know. It just felt like there was a lot of things out of sorts and that just got them it really did just get them out of a rhythm. So, but I will ask you, cause I, we do use that word all the time coasting. Do you think that's the right word of what we're seeing? Is it similar to the past seasons when he's coasting or is this a different adjective or description? I, I think it's probably, I probably use the wrong word there. Cause I, I don't know that he's intentionally coasting right now. I don't know that for sure. And again, I, I'm not reading into it. Even if he is going through the motions, the fourth, not in the fourth game of the season. But what I will say is that we are seeing the value of playing in a preseason game at some point, I think. Like, I, he, you know, he comes in, he's not the only one who struggled in their first game. I mean, and now this is not his first game, okay? But again, I thought he was okay in the season opener against Detroit. I didn't think I would say maybe a B minus, C plus kind of for Jimmy, um, even for regular season. And he's been in something less than that against both Boston and Milwaukee and then didn't play in one other. But we also saw other guys who came back. I mean, Caleb was rusty in his in his first game back for sure, and then kind of went and then went out after that. Josh, we'll talk about him in a second. He had some up and down moments tonight. So there is part of this that there is a ramp up, and Jimmy knows how to ramp up better than anybody else on this team. I I just 
these were two regular season games of some significance, not great significance, but some significance. And the Boston game, you certainly can make the case. If he plays better, they win. Like, I, I just, I, there's no question. Like, they did enough else, and I didn't think the Celtics played that well. And they had Bam. This no longer, right, they had Bam. Right, exactly. In this game, they didn't have Bam. They were going to be scrambling from the very beginning, and then they kind of get what well, is a somewhat fluky run, as Alex was talking about, where they're going against the starters, and they're playing one starter, and they just found something with a combination. And Spo has found that kind of thing before. And I will tell you that that almost never ends up winning. It's typically like Spo will ride it. And I think he should, actually. I know there's some disagreement about that. We're going to talk about that in a second here, too. Um, but he he will ride a unit. Like, he's had games where he's played all subs to get back in a game, and then it's gone two overtimes, and he hasn't made a sub. Like, he will go with the group that keeps them in it or gets them back in it. And I, I don't know. Do you guys think – before I go on the next thing, because I want to get to the other two parts of this podcast here. Uh, so let's do this quickly. But do you? Do either of you guys think he should have brought Jimmy back in the fourth? I'll just say this real quickly. I just think he sends a me- like it sends a message. Like even if you're if you're not going to win it either way, and I'm not saying he's trying to send a message to Jimmy Butler like after what they've been through the last few years. But when you're looking at that starting lineup and what they were able to do other than Tyler, it's like you're not getting back in this game. Like these are the guys that you just got you back in this game. We're gonna ride it out, and these are the guys that have actually looked competent offensively. I don't know. I just felt like personally it was still like part of it was a message because there was points where they cut it to like nine with like four minutes left. It was like. I'm like, okay, or what was it, like five, six minutes left? They cut it to something, and I was like, okay, Jimmy might check in here for Josh because I thought they were going to watch Josh's minutes specifically because that's what they've done with Jaime, with Jokic, with everybody. And then Josh is still in there, and I'm like, okay, this feels a little bit like Spoh's just trying to send something toward the starters that didn't perform well. I get that, and and I definitely see the the value in that because the starters did not play very well outside of Tyler. Um, you know, I guess Bryant was fine, you know. Um, and I, I was going back and forth on this on playback because the game seemed completely over before that, you know, that run that I don't think any of us saw coming with that unit. Because, again, the Bucks, you know, at one point in that quarter when that run started, it was Giannis out there with other guys. And then it became four other starters without Giannis. And then it was all five starters. So, like that unit was doing it against different lineups. So I'm going to give them all the credit, but I just think like at a certain point, it was around that time that you mentioned Brady, when it was like around five minutes left in the game, I think they brought it down to eight. Um, And they ended up bringing it back. I mean, bringing it uh, down to six too. But when they brought it back down to eight, I'm like, there's five minutes left in the game. It's time to put in the guys you think can close. And that doesn't mean your starters. It doesn't mean it has to be the starting lineup. Put Jimmy in there. You know, put Hawkins back in there because they took him out for some reason. I guess the minutes restriction thing uh, factored in there. And Jovic played well when they took Hawkins out. Like, maybe you could have kept some of those guys in that were in that unit. And I totally see what you're saying as far as, like, sending the message. And, like, they earned it. They earned that that closing time. But, like, it was over. And then all of a sudden, it's not like they 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 already did so much for you. And asking them to, to then close out that game, too, is too much. Like, they were down, like, 25 or something. You brought it down to a single-digit game when all the odds were against you. Like, they did so much more than you could have asked for them. And at that point, like, the starters or or some of those starters might have been able to redeem themselves if you let them close, too. Like, that sounds like Jimmy Butler's music right there. Bring him right back at the end of the the game when everybody else kind of kept them in there, kept the team in there, and and let them close. But 
I don't know. I can see I, it both I, ways. I, 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 I have one thought on that, though. I, I wonder if you don't bring Jimmy back because he's not ramped up at this point, and then you're bringing him in cold. I, I don't know. I'm just I, – I don't know what the answer will be from Spo. Alex, I'm with you that Spo has done this before, and I've never seen them actually win like this, um, where, you know, it's, it's just a – and you're not going to win the majority of those games. Like you fall behind that much, you're just not going to win. But I, I've seen it so many times where he'll just he'll ride that group until the very end. And if they gone to overtime, game, you know, he probably if he'd gone to overtime, he probably would have ridden the group into the first overtime, the second overtime, and deeper into the night. It's just what he does. All right, we do need to get to two more segments here, though. So let me mention uh, another one here as we get into our play of the day. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800 or insurancebylynette.com. That's insurancebylynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. All right. So there were a few options here. Um, there's one positive one from the Heat, so we'll go to that one. But the, the one I did want to mention that jumped out to me at the time was Orlando Robinson, who did some good things tonight, uh, which, you know, 11.7 rebounds, seven assists in 26 minutes. But there was that one sort of wheel play where he turns around to pass to Duncan and Duncan's not there. And that was they ended up getting away with it because I think Beasley missed both free throws or at least one of the two free throws. So uh, but it jumped out because that's the problem. You fall behind by that much, like one little mistake. But this, again, comes to the fact that you've got guys playing together who we did not expect to be playing a ton of minutes together. And tonight you've got Orlando Robinson because of Bam's uh, situation playing 26 minutes and he's out there with Duncan and mistakes will be made. But the play we will mention uh, was Duncan with an off balance three to get them within six. Cause that gave them hope. There was a big uh, scream on our playback feed and Duncan was pretty good tonight. Um, 15 points, three of seven from three and six of 10 overall. All right. Um, this gives us an opportunity to get to our final segment of the night, Alex. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein, again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now... The injury report. All right. This one goes a little bit longer tonight. Um, I had a bunch of people texting me like, how bad is the BAM injury? I don't think it's of any great significance. Um, they're coming home to play Brooklyn on Wednesday night. You'll get Claxton in there. Uh, BAM has typically had pretty good success against Brooklyn. You hope you get him back for that game. Um, but again, you know, it's just been hard to get Jimmy BAM and the whole group out there together. And, Tonight in his place, Thomas Bryant, 10 points. I mean, they actually got, for the center position, 21 points and nine rebounds and seven assists if you combine Orlando Robinson and Thomas Bryant for their 48 minutes. Uh, Thomas Bryant, another one, and I mentioned this on playback, that, uh, you know, you start giving guys outside outsized roles, and 
that's where you start to have problems and you start to see some of the flaws. And I thought we saw some of that stuff from Bryant tonight. And I thought it was instructive that they actually made a bit more of a push with Orlando Robinson, who was not perfect either. But this is why Bam is Bam. I mean, they were going to miss Bam tonight, particularly against a team like this with Giannis. And I don't think they went into this thinking they were going to be guarding Giannis with Orlando Robinson a whole bunch uh, when the season started. Uh, the other guy I want to focus on, and I'll let you guys comment on both situations. Uh, still no Highsmith tonight. We knew that. Still no Caleb tonight. But they did get uh, they did get Josh Richardson back tonight. Three of seven from the floor, 23 minutes. He was in there at the end. Six points, three rebounds, two assists. I, I thought he did some very Josh Richardson things, like where, you know, he got in the lane for that little push shot. His his uh, aggressiveness was obvious, particularly on the defensive end. Uh, but also there were some times he looked like he was running into guys, which, uh, you know, you hope that that clears up a little bit. Him and Duncan occupying the same spots on the floor at times, which was was odd. Um, I'll go to each of you guys on this first Brady, your thoughts on Josh and then Alex, your thoughts on how they survived Bam tonight. Yeah, I'll say, I mean, that's pretty much a heat debut where you're going to be running into guys in a motion offense. And I don't, I know he was already here, but it's still a different group of guys. And you mentioned occupying same spots on the floor. That's going to happen. But I did think he was generally good. Like he was in the lineup that caused the comeback. He was the one that was guarding Damian Lillard on the comeback he was the one that was kind of moving the ball pretty well and pushing things uh and kind of like get, he was getting it out to Jovich and letting him just kind of go uh I just thought he was moving the ball decently well and doing some of those things 23 minutes is funny because we keep, we keep seeing like the them preserve Hawkins and Jovich I mentioned this before but it's funny how he comes back off of that injury and immediately just plays like just 23 minutes because the lineup was hot but I mean less less Drew Smith I think Heat fans would be happy about that I don't think he did uh too many things with the ball in his hands, Josh, like Drew. I mean, there was a lot of Tyler tonight, so he had the ball in his hands a ton, even though he doesn't want it to be called a point guard. But I think it was pretty much what the role we expect from Josh. It's a lot of off-ball stuff. It's a lot of coming off certain actions and just getting to that mid-range. You mentioned the push shot. I think that's going to be his shot that he goes to more than anything, more than stuff at the rim, more than threes probably. I think that little push shot, little elbow look is kind of going to be his biggest thing. But quickly, because I know we're going to wrap up here in a second, and we have not mentioned this guy – the guy that was not on the injury report and got put in the game with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, Nikola Jovic, he needs to play. Like, I've really gotten to that point that he needs to play for this team in the rotation right now. You're watching this team play basketball, and it's ugly. It is just absolutely ugly. And if you're going to be ugly and horrid offensively, why not play the young guy who could potentially pop? Like, I just think that's the point you're at right now, where it's like you have to just kind of lean in this direction. If you're leaning into this Which is the young guy that you think would pop the most right now, Brady? That's the question. Because Hawk has played 23 minutes tonight, eight points, two rebounds, three assists. Jovic got the seven minutes, five points, four rebounds when he played. I thought he was good, too. I think you could find a way to play both. And I was saying before the season that you'd play neither. But I just think when you're looking at this team, and also, I'm also saying this right now, because they're without Highsmith and without these other guys. There's no reason that at this current state that Jovic should not be playing, uh, especially when you're looking at if, if Kevin Love is having like maybe a bad start to a game, you play Kevin Love a quick five minute stint and then you play Nikola Jovic. You find ways to play him. And I'm looking at this. We keep talking about, uh, for one, tonight defensively, Bucks put up 97 points to three quarters. I'd say that could be on Bam's bulletin board for defense player of the year. We could kind of swoop back to that. But the offense has been the issue. And you're looking at a guy, he came in. 
and he immediately pushes the ball. And that's something we know about. We, he is getting down the floor. He's putting his head down, and he's getting them into at least a certain different look offensively. But the thing that popped to me is he comes in the game with eight minutes left, and he looked, like, really confident. Like, we talked about his confidence being high in camp and coming in. But, like, today was the day where I was like, he looks more confident than I've ever seen him. Like, he came in, and he had, ran a pick and roll with Orlando Robinson and just flowed immediately into a pull-up three and nailed it. And I'm like, like, this is different. Like, this isn't something that we've seen a lot for him, where he's now coming in knowing, I'm going to have this opportunity, this small opportunity of minutes. I need to do what I do. I need to get the ball and go. I need to stop sitting around and being an off-ball player because that's not me. So I think that stuff stands out. And I just think you get to the point now where he just has to play basketball for this team, I just think, at this current state. Alex, on the BAM question, um, the distribution tonight was Bryant, 22, Orlando Robinson, 26. Uh, I mean, any issues with anything that was done there? Would you experiment with Jovic at the five, maybe, on nights that BAM doesn't play? Is there any other direction they can go? Um, Honestly, no. I think we've kind of, because that was something I was interested in, what you said there with Jovic, you know, kind of headed into the season, is I was very much wondering, is Spo going to lean into him more as a four or as a five, especially, you know, with the added strength? I was wondering where that was going to lead to, and it seems very much so that, you know, he's he's a four. He's a four in this system. Um, they're willing to play him next to another big, whether it's Bam or not. And obviously some of that is because of their injury situation where they're kind of forced to make some of these decisions earlier than maybe they thought they had to, but it, 100% agree with Brady that him and Hockett should be playing more in this time. It just sucks because of the injuries that they had, you know, um, where they're kind of being preserved a little bit. But as far as the BAM thing, I only the only reason that Orlando Robinson got that many minutes is because of that crazy run that happened. It was just kind of like garbage time. It was garbage time minutes, and then they made a run, and and that's it. Like, I, I don't think it was necessarily like, oh, Spo wants Orlando to play more than Thomas Bryant or anything like that. Bryant is obviously the back of five. I think they were both fine, like not perfect. I think they were fine considering they were both tasked with a whole lot. Like they were both overmatched and and, and I think like just obviously out of their element as far as w the pecking order on the team. And and those guys had to be matched up with Giannis. It's a huge, huge um, matchup problem. And I think they did their best. Like there's the, the Heat still do all that wall stuff. It's just harder now because you have Dame, uh, Dame Litter to worry about, but they were still sending a ton of help. It was the the bigs matched up onto Giannis and, you know, uh, a lot of help defense. And I think they kind of did the best they could on that end. And as far as, like, what they're missing with Bam, with Caleb, with, you know, missing Haywood and all the time they missed Josh, like, that is so much. And then they had the game, obviously, where they missed Jimmy as well. Like, just so many bodies there of, like, so much of your defensive infrastructure just not there. And again, we were talking about this on playback, like the defense is supposed to out, is supposed to carry the offense for this team. And that's kind of always the case. And when you're missing so many of those guys, I just think it gets out of hand quickly. And they were kind of hanging around all game. And I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I expected this to be a blowout. Like I'm not like they did a good job hanging around. It got out of hand for a little bit. And then they came back against all odds. Right. So I, it was just, it was just a weird game, but, um, I think they kind of did the best they could. Like, just when you talk about the offense, I think uh, at a halftime, they had about three shots uh, attempted at the rim that he did. And then, you know, they finished with 12. And I think a lot of that had to do with that run in the fourth quarter because, you know, they didn't necessarily go crazy <laughs> offensively in the third quarter. But, you know, you compare that to the buckshot profile, 30 shots at the rim, right, where the Heat are taking 12. 
and then the Heat are taking twice as many mid-range shots, and um, you know, forty to twenty, and then the Heat ended up making some of those threes in the fourth quarter. But it, like Brady said earlier, like throughout the game, it was very ugly. And again, three shots at the rim at halftime. That's all, Jimmy. Man, like that's that's Jimmy's job. Bam is not there. Tyler has done his damnedest. Like he has tried his hardest to play through contact at the rim to get to the rim. He's even like not taking some of the shots against the drop that he's taken before. Like Brady mentioned, a lot of it against the drop tonight was floaters and trying to get to the rim. So like he is very much doing his best out there to create rim pressure, but it, it was not enough. And and I think, you know, on a night without Bam, you needed Jimmy to do more. And it, it all comes right back to that. They did their best outside of him. All right, well, two things. One is Greg's going to be able to hold this over me because uh, we went five minutes longer than we did with Greg hosting. So obviously I didn't move this quickly enough. So we'll do this in the future. And the second thing is we got through a 32-minute podcast, and I think I mentioned Dame Willard's name one time, uh, which was kind of the point tonight because I didn't want to rub that in on Heat fans. Uh, but I'll just mention it again. Uh, 25 points, 35 minutes, pretty pedestrian game for Dame. You know where this game was lost, actually, against the Bucks. Bobby Portis and Cameron Payne uh, and Pat Connaughton had uh, 27, 35 points on 14 of 20, uh, 14 of 20 shooting tonight. That's too efficient uh, for the other bench. And actually, it's the reason I like this Milwaukee team better than Boston, because I just think their bench is much deeper. And they look, Bucks were able to get Dame and still fill in a roster. But I don't want to rub it in on everybody tonight. All right, we'll be back before. The Heat play the Nets on Wednesday night for Brady, for Alex. Thanks. Also, do want to mention Rock Esports Center. The tournament, next 2K tournament, is November 18th. So we'll and have watch a lot party. On that beforehand, and the watch party as well. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.